0: minus three is presented for the people by caesar sportsbook the greatest sports betting app of all time download it must be 21 or older
1: and the kansas city chiefs have
2: won super bowl 57
3: it starts with a whistle and ends with a gun 60 minutes of close in action from kickoff to touchdown this is Pro Football.
2: Madden is on the field. He wants to know if it's real. They said yes. Get your big butt out of here. He does.
3: The linemen are the invisible parts of the offense and defense. Their war is a lonely war that has and fought in the trenches. Where survival is the only law.
2: Oh,
1: bless his heart. He's got to be the sickest man in America.
3: Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? Go face them and fight them. Be savage again.
1: Look at those terrible t- and our battle cry will be the terrible
2: tower is poised to strike. So are the steelers.
3: We got the terrible, tower. the terrible tower. What more do we need? The terrible tower imputes great strength to the steelers and if need be poses mysterious difficulties for the enemy.
2: Winds whisper of high hopes. Victory is in the skies.
3: A season awaits with glory in her eyes.
2: It's the foot-balliest time of the year With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer It's the foot-balliest time of the year
0: It's It's here, it's here, football season is here, hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3, presented as ever ever by Omaha, there's Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass, he's over the moon about his Notre Dame fighting Irish and anxious to see his New York football giants kick things off, I can't wait for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I can't wait for all of it, I'm already saturated with pigskin though. After what I thought was a pretty satisfying week one. okay, not a bunch of nail biters, but that Colorado TCU, an instant classic. I thought LSU and Florida State was compelling, at least for the majority of the game. Now, I didn't get to see it live. I had to catch up on my DVR because as my last Sunday before pro football season, uh, I went to Disneyland with the kids. Who did I run into there? Alex Smith. How about that? I told him go Utes is what I is uh, is what I told him. But listen, can't get away from football even when I try. But we were off at Disneyland, and at the same time, I was watching my cell phone because we were doing my family's fantasy football draft. So we were uh, so me and uh, old Mo Damashek and uh, and everybody else up there trying to figure out. She's getting my counsel of who she should draft. She drafted. Uh, she wanted to take Joe Burrow, and I told her I thought that was morally wrong for an AFC North mother, but she it's her team. She's her own person. She can do what she wants. It's labor day as Eddie spaghetti and I sit here recording. And we're just about to talk to Mina Kimes. I already know this is a charm football season because dig this Eddie spaghetti late last night. I get home from Disney and while I I, I hear a crash and I go in it and, and the, the, uh, Vacuum cleaner. It's like one of those newfangled ones that kind of stands up on its own. It doesn't have that big, you know, airbag thing. It's sure. you know, it's one of, kind of you know more plasticky and stand up. And I somehow it tipped over and hit the floor really hard, and it exploded, and all of its contents spilled everywhere. They blew up all over the floor, and the next thing I knew, my wife had put it back together and was was vacuuming up. The inside of a vacuum. It's a fit. It's a football season miracle. It's bad. Be- it's almost. Is it better than when I saw a tow truck getting towed? I don't know. I know that these things don't happen very often. And it's a sign from the heavens that something great is going down. So I'm excited about that. And like I say, we'll talk to Mina Kimes here Um in just a second, uh, lots of changes we announced last week at uh, the Extra Points Network. The show Extra Points is now going to be me and our longtime pal. If you've been listening to Extra Points for any amount of time, you, you probably are familiar with Sarah Tiana, the great sports fan um, and comedian, such a sports fan. Dig this, Eddie Spaghetti. I was talking to her the other day. She said, I got to leave because uh, I'm going to the Braves-Dodgers game. And I said, oh, cool. Say hi to the fellas for me. Uh, you know, we we are pally with her husband, Chris, and they have a nice little boy. And she said, no, no, I'm going alone. And I said, oh, the guy's out of town. No, no, no. I just prefer to the, go to the game by myself. So Chris is going to watch the little one, and I'm going to the ball yard by myself. You know what? That gets my stamp of approval. I oh, yeah. I, I I think that's a strong, that's a strong move. We'll talk with Tiana when we debut extra points. What day can we tell the audience to be on the lookout for that spaghetti?
1: I believe midweek. It's coming Wednesday, so mid-week, I mean, okay. just uh, if you listen to us now, keep your extra points, you know, subscription the same. Or Dave, you say if you want to unsubscribe, then resubscribe. That also works. Tell a friend. Um, that'll be coming midweek, I believe, uh, right now on our schedules. So um, something to look forward to. Get you through hump day, uh, and then obviously before all the you know NFL game picks and stuff like that comes later in the week. So it's uh, exciting all week long here in Extra Points.
0: Yes. And we will have um we'll have two minus threes still to come this week. That means three in football season every week, Monday, Thursday, and Friday, the last of which will be a football pregame show for you. Me, Kevin Hench, Eddie Spaghetti every week there. The new extra points and waiver wire coming back with Eddie Spaghetti and Jen Piacenti on Wednesday. And uh we want four minus three. We want you sending your questions for me and spaghetti and and, uh, whatever's on your mind, do us a favor, drop us a line at minus three pod and also spread the good word at the dawn of this new day as we launch into football season, spread the good word. Uh, We're also going to be trying to put as many of these shows, full shows on YouTube or at least uh, the best segments. So be on the lookout for that. Look for extra points and minus three there. And speaking of which, Spaghetti, we have to talk some college football, but let's not wait another moment, shall we? Let's talk some NFL with Mina Kimes. Let me squeeze in a quick break here.
2: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be.
0: All right, here she is, everybody. I already said our pro football season is blessed, and now doubly so because you're about to get all the answers for the quiz before anything even begins. We are joined right now by the host of the Mina Kimes podcast featuring Lenny, you see her all over ESPN, the best in the biz, our pal Mina Kimes. (laughs) How are you? What's happening and happy football season.
3: Is that welcome warmer than usual because of my Steelers enthusiasm this offseason? Do you like me a little bit more than you did this time last year, Dave?
0: Well, listen, you and I parked our cars in the same garage well before the vast majority of people did when we agreed now, what, three years ago that Cam Hayward was in fact Mm. headed to the Hall of Fame. Now everybody's in on it. So listen, I know that that you're not a hater by trade. Now we have to figure out what's going on with your pal, Bill Barnwell. We'll get to that in just a second, but we have a lot of hash to settle before things kick off (laughs) on Thursday. Let's get through as much of it as we can. And I'm not going to... I do want to say in this public forum, congratulations again. Oh, thank you. And, on, uh, on, you know, it, it sounds like the timing could work out. October could be a very special month if <laughs> Julio Rodriguez puts the M's over the hump finally and baby Kimes arrives. I mean, you know, magic, right?
3: Uh, M, M's are on a little bit of a cold snap right now. So I don't want to get my hopes up too much. but. Uh, okay. You know, Seahawks look pretty good this off season, So it's a good time to be a Seattle sports fan. I'm I'm actually feeling pretty optimistic.
0: I guess, yeah, it is. And then eventually I think they'll get an NBA team. And I don't know if you you, you asked me two years ago, you said like, I have to kind of sort of try to get in on the crack in here. Any tips? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> how's that, how's I didn't that get along? in. I missed that work. boat
3: because they were good last year. I missed it. But I'm happy for the hockey fans of Seattle.
0: All right, let's let's talk about football and see what time we have left on the other side of it. That's uh, that's what's important right now. (laughs) Time in time to lock in your final answers here. We're not penciling them in. We're erasing all that. It's in pen. Nay, get the stone out. Get the hammer out. We got to etch these in spaghetti into stone times on all the big questions coming into 2023 season. And we'll Mm -hmm. start with the biggest of them all. I don't know if you heard Aaron Rodgers. He left Green Bay. He's now a New York Jet copycat. Uh, following Brett Favre's lead, about fifteen years after that fact, um, Aaron decreed that the Lombardi that nameth ones looking lonely, boy, really setting himself up there uh, mm. f- as a guy who hasn't been to a Super Bowl himself in thirteen years <laughs> is the Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not going to tell you what success looks like. Mm. Is it a success in 2023, Aaron Rodgers, the New York Jets marriage?
3: oh, you really made it hard by refusing to define the parameters for success because I have them as a wildcard team Hmm. and I don't have them as a Super Bowl team. And I'm sure you've seen people say on my network, it's Super Bowl or bust for the New York Jets. Anything less is a supreme failure. Aaron Rodgers coming to the city is absolutely pointless unless they win it all. And if you believe that, then I don't think it'll be a success. I don't have them winning it all. Um, But I do think that they are a likely playoff team uh, largely on the strength of that defense. I think the offense could have some ups and downs, maybe hit its stride at the end of the season, depending on how the pass protection shakes out. I know everybody's been saying that, but when Brees Hall's back and healthy and Rogers has some chemistry with the receivers, I think they'll be playing good football, but you know, they have a high floor because of that defense. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Dave, I, I think like, other than the Steelers maybe winning the preseason, the Jets defense was kind of the other like big, like, oh, my God, uh, preseason winner for me. And a reminder that all their games will just be close at the very least.
0: I feel like, you know, I, I kind of rudimentary math um, looking at the, you know, the, the team uh, unit leaders in the NFL a year ago. Um, nine out of 10 of the best offenses made the playoffs. Six out of the top 10 defenses did. I wrote wrote down uh, some other notes on there. The four teams with top 10 Ds who missed a year ago, the Jets were fourth. The Ravens had the third best defense. The Steelers had the 10th. And the Saints had the ninth best defense out of them all. So I feel like, and then you have the heavyweight teams. The Bills had the second best offense and defense Niners, first and sixth. First best defense, sixth best offense. Eagles had the eighth. Ranked defense, third offense, Cowboys, fifth and fourth. So I'm trying to close the gap on these teams that have high end defenses and still should this season and whether or not the, their offenses can keep up there. And I think the commies also deserve a shout there too because of um, Chase Young's 2022. That should give you some cause that that defense rises up somehow. But um, where the Jets are concerned, I think that, you know, for all the buzz around them, my concern is, well, not my concern. I'm. I've been about the Dolphins since last November. At three to one, that's the play. We're getting distracted mm. by Aaron Rodgers, the shiny key. Um, do you? Wh- where are you on the Dolphins? Are you saying the Jets ahead of Miami this year with Fangio's defense and Jalen Ramsey returning at some point later in the season?
3: I think if Tua plays the entire season, the Dolphins are better than the Jets. Hmm. Um, but that's a pretty massive. If all of the AFC East offensive lines are also quietly dubious news, right before we started, I just saw that the Patriots starting right tackle Riley reef is out for four games. Mm -hmm. I, I, you can, all of the defenses are really good. I think all of them could probably finish in the top 10 this year. The Patriots defense is, you know, amazing. Jets Just talked about dolphins. I think will take a pretty significant leap. The bill's, um, you know, a little bit older, but certainly should be healthier than last year. But they all get to play against offensive lines that I think they're going to feast on. Um, and 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 the, perhaps if that happens, all of these quarterbacks, all of these offenses might not be. I would take Josh Allen out of this category because that man thrives in chaos. But the rest of them could be in a little bit of trouble because of the disadvantageous nature of that matchup.
0: I agree. And, you know, it, it feels to me like you know you could get away with it it's not Aaron Rodgers age necessarily i feel like the league has changed just a little bit it's gotten more severe that whereas 6 years 10 years ago there were there was a small handful of qbs that could thrive with a bum o line in front of them i think the answer is now literally zero with the possible exception of Joe Burrow. We've seen his deeds in the last couple of Januaries, but there's not a ton of evidence that if, you're, if your offensive line isn't just mediocre, but it it's a deficit, that it's going to scuttle your season for you. So I do wonder if, I mean, that really, plus what the Jets face in their first six weeks, this whole storyline could be underwhelming by mid-October-ish, by Halloween at latest.
3: Yeah, the just schedule is insane. The start of the season, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they start one and four, two and I mean, I it, more likely than not they're probably not going to start with their winning record. And I think that that would be my other concern about this. Like the team is, it's been so sunshine and daisies all summer, and Aaron Rodgers is the ultimate teammate, and everybody's happy, and the coaches and the players all idolize him. If they start one and four. It feels like it could go off the rails. Um, so I am hesitant mm-hmm. to put them above Miami for that reason. I, I think those are the kind of competing th- unknowns, which make this division really hard to pick. With Miami, it's the health factor, the two-a factor, and then with the Jets, it's that's one of the things. Um, I don't know. I, I also don't feel like we have a good sense of what this offense is going to look like. Uh, you know, there's this assumption that it'll be really similar to Green Bay, but we know that Aaron Rodgers didn't love a lot of the things that Matt LeBey came out and said it. He complained at times about the offense with Matt LaFleur who called plays. Uh, Nate Hackett did not call plays in Green Bay. He has not had a lot of success as a play caller. So I guess I'm talking myself out of my earlier Jets enthusiasm right now when you listen to this, but the defense is so good, Dave. They're so good. They're so deep.
0: You know what else they have? This is one of the, Funny. I don't mean like funny names to just hear, like uh, DeBrickishaw is one of the is maybe the greatest football name of all time, okay. DeBrickishaw yeah. Ferguson. But some nomenclature. I was, they have Brees Hall and Bryce Hall, Quinn and Williams and Quincy Williams, plus a Quinton Jefferson who will line up next to Solomon Thomas. Ergo, Thomas and Jefferson. You have two Michael Carters, a Makai Becton and a Miko Hardman. There's a Hardy and a McDonald and sauce for both of them, two CJs, a DJ and a Chaz. And yet the only thing that really seems to matter is Aaron Rodgers right now. I also have my questions about whether or not Bob Sala is the real deal. You know, that happens in coaching as well, that you realize sort of like, Oh yeah, he was the, he was a nice figurehead, but you know what? The Miko Ryans was doing a nice job as it turns out. And that's why the Texans are booming. So that, That is uh, my little uh, cynicism there for the team in green from New York City. I want to hear now your thoughts on the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, they have the curse of the 21st century, which is much larger than being on the Madden cover. It's going to the Super Bowl, but not winning it. Shame the devil that you do that. They lose both coordinators. That seems like more of a practical issue. Sean Desai and Brian Johnson The defensive interior replenished. I think Nolan Smith's going to be a stud for them in that front seven. But here's a little more cynicism to throw at you to respond to. For what it's worth, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Darius Slay are all getting up there a little bit. Yes, there are there are some, as you say, unknowns. There are some high pedigree guys ready to roll. But we didn't Lane Johnson's a little bit up there himself. How say you about the Philadelphia Eagles as the team to beat in the NFC this year?
3: I think the offense will be fine. Uh, Losing Steichen concerns me a little bit. I really loved his game planning last year, Um, but I think there's just so much talent on that side of the ball. They're just so stacked at every position They put defenses in such a compromise from a spatial and numerical standpoint. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't against this team. I was thinking about that because I was getting ready for week one. They're playing uh, New England, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's a very good defense. And I was like, okay, well, New England plays a lot of man coverage. And if you play man, it's better against RPOs. But then you're playing man coverage against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Like everything you do or you turn your back and suddenly Jalen Hurts is running. They're just... So every answer is kind of wrong. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure where you just die over and over against this team. Mm -hmm. Defensively is where I get a little bit concerned because I do think that the age thing is real. Fletcher Cox, I think his performance, his age is showing a little bit. A third of Um, the defense
0: is new. The starters, at least, are Yeah,
3: and like we're, I think... Look, we like these players, not just because we've heard of them, although that tends to factor in with Eagles personnel stuff, right? It's like, oh, I watched the national championship. I know half of this mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. However, I do think there are a lot of really good players. I thought Jalen Carter was the best player in the draft, but to count on them getting commensurate production, not just from you know one young player, but from multiples at all three levels, it's a pretty tall ask. Um, they... Led league and sacks by a massive margin last year with their four-man rush, but um, a lot of the underlying numbers don't look terribly sustainable relative to pressures. Um, I think that it feels like a unit that could regress a little bit, but I think the defense is, or probably the offense is so good and so unstoppable, they'll be fine.
0: Here's my question about that. Warren Sapp, for, name drop, uh, forever ago, said to me, if you think that... Ed- offense that jumps the league in the back half of a season, or even for an entire season and the, and the NFL just didn't know what to do with it for the full season in that off season at latest, the coordinators will figure it out. I I'm with you about this Eagles offense, because I don't know what you can do to solve yeah. what they're doing, which I like, as yeah. you say, when you're running back, I'm sorry, when your quarterback is as powerful as Jalen hurts is running the ball and Hit, keeping the ball in his hands is as dangerous as giving it to one of those running backs behind him. Plus the pass catchers that he has around him with a good off. Like it is, as you say, pick your poison. Right. And I don't know what over the course of summer you do to, to, to solve taking anything away from what Philadelphia wants to do. I'm with right. you. I don't think the coordinator almost matters at this point. Cause you always are going to have that inherent advantage. So long as your running back can make hay on the ground, the way Jalen hurts doesn't throw any accurate deep ball.
3: Nobody talks about Dallas Goddard. He's probably one of like mm-hmm. the five best tight ends in the NFL. <laughs> like every position is so stacked on this team. It's crazy. Um, and yeah, I think that the the one guy I would watch, maybe that would cause some problems is if Lane Johnson, who's battled injuries and is a little bit older, got hurt. Um, I don't think they have the depth maybe that they did before, but, but that, you know, again, they're built to survive a lot.
0: Yeah. And you know what? And Jason Kelsey is also uh 36 years old and uh, yeah, presumably no. in his last year, too. OK, Baltimore Ravens. This is one that I saw you talking with Ryan Clark and uh, all your fancy <laughs> friends about. And I was a little surprised. I don't mind telling you or I because I, I I texted you and said, like, boy, you're really you and Ryan Clark. No. And by the way, this begins a little uh a, a, a little area that we'll call answer for your friends, me Kimes. the times. Ryan Clark, first up, answer for his enthusiasm about Lamar Jackson. What am I missing here? We don't know what this offense is going to be. Yes, the weapons have been upgraded, but we don't know that Lamar Jackson is going to thrive in this offense. And my bigger concern is the defense. I don't think it's a bum unit. It was, like I said, top five a year ago, but they're they're softer on the back end they, than yeah. they were. I I don't buy that front. Where's the pass rush coming from? They have talk about uh, some ifs, uh, you know um, I I don't know exactly who is providing that. And talk about these 2023 Ravens and why I feel like I'm the one on the outside of uh, this Ravens optimism.
3: I think you're wrong about the offense. I share some of your anxiety about the defense. So Mm. offensively, I think part of the reason why um, we have we Ryan and me and I don't know whoever else have so much confidence that this uh, new passing attack will thrive, is because um, Lamar Jackson, throughout the course of his career in NFL in the NFL, you know, particularly obviously from 2019 on, um, he has been a good passer, right? Like when you just isolate his passing statistics, you know, he's not the best passer in the NFL, but he's been above average, too good in certain games, to excellent in other games throwing to a pretty sus group in a scheme that uh, did not really spring guys open very much. Uh, so I think, you know, um, the it, it, even though there's some injury questions with the players, they have Zay flowers looks fantastic. The upgrade is so dramatic. And because we've seen this quarterback have success throwing from inside the pocket before, it just seems more likely than not that it'll work out. I, I mentioned this on my pod, but before Lamar Jackson got hurt last year, the Ravens offense was third in (laughs) Like They were really good. Now, some of that is because they were so unique. And naturally, I think shifting to a more 11 personnel, spread things out. You sacrifice certain things in the run game, no doubt. But also, my God, if you're able to spread defenses out and then you have Lamar Jackson running into light boxes, like Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. see out of empty, you know, it just seems like, It seems like it'll work and I will say maybe it doesn't look awesome in the beginning. It's a big transition. It is one of the more dramatic schematic shifts we have seen in the NFL like all time, but I think it's going to look good now. Defensively,
0: I agree with you, but I do wonder if much as yeah. I've as I've as I've said, the Buffalo Bills organization for two years, like what are you doing, running around your franchise like that in big spots? Like Jamar Jackson, obviously didn't get hurt in either of the last two seasons running the ball. He was in the pocket when he got hurt. Still, yeah. you're really going to run him around that much? At some point, they have to say it's enough with this. I, I in big spots late in the season, that's another thing. But you, the offense can't run through lamar jackson running and obviously that's why they're making yeah. this change but i i hear you on spreading it out that's the scary thing if lamar jackson starts taking off with the ball there um yeah then uh, talk about uh really jamming a defense up there i just compromising I wonder,
3: defenses big yeah. time now speaking of defense i'm with you on this pass rush i thought they would bring back justin houston he's in carolina i did too yeah uh, they really need one of the young guys they drafted in the first round away or Jabo, to step up because otherwise it's not an impressive unit. And then, you know, I would, I, I knew that, but I felt fine because I was like, well, the secondary is so good. Linebackers are so good. But then Marlon Humphrey was out yes. that really concerns me for the beginning of the season. I think they're really, really well coached defense. I thought when the Roquan Smith completely changed what they were able to do, was a fantastic addition Kyle Hamilton looks great. The safeties are good, but that cornerback group is very suspect at the moment. So I well, will
0: we, we, as I said, a couple of weeks ago, this has now been made clear that the NFL's version of load management is the pup list for the first month or like, ah, Marlon Humphrey, you'll come back in four weeks when the games start to really, really matter a little bit more than they did. Okay. Last thing, answer for your friend, Bill Barnwell here, who I I almost feel bad for. Why didn't you call him? You're one of these, you're one of these pro football insiders and everybody has to announce that they're in on the Steelers, but with the big asterisk, everyone is sleeping on this team and no one's talking about them, but they're a real dark horse. When everybody says that besides Bill Barnwell, um, I think it ceases to be, I don't even know what do we call it? They're not even a sleeper. The coma is not the right well, direction. Uh, Who's a sleeper a
3: of- in the AFC, though? Because the AFC is so stacked. It's like the NFC, you can choose a real sleeper, I think. Like if, you know, people would say Seattle will win the division or whatever. Like what is a sleeper pick in the AFC in your mind? Like what is an actual brave, you're really sticking your neck out type pick?
0: Well, the Dolphins to, to do some damage in January and to win that division. I think that counts as win a win. the division,
3: I, I'll say. I think, I, yeah.
0: I think the division is that we you know we we love to talk about you you uh, you and i for at least 6 or 7 years directly have gone back and i you know qb wins and all that you know if you have one of these superhero qbs you get to play differently you know that the uh, i listed off the the so called complementary offenses and defenses and all that it really doesn't make a difference the chiefs defense did for what it matters turn it on down the stretch and if chris jones actually were to miss the season that would really be terrible for them i think like i say he'll be back when the games start to count a little bit more if not by week five or maybe even by week two um I think it's if you don't have one of those QBs, that's that's kind of the math. If you're like they feel like a sleeper, if 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 but he's not the Steelers a, are a sleeper
3: because I don't think anyone thinks pickets. I think people dude, have
0: yet. convinced themselves of that. I think people think like, well, it's got to be Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Right. They're like, it's got to be one of those guys. And if it's not one of those, then like, what are you you're really reaching with a long mm-hmm. shot if you're not picking one of those guys. I think that the Steelers are I, I, I really have been. Uh, re- really cautious about not getting too wild about it. I, I, re- I, they are loaded up now at every position, and it really boils down, mm. as far as I'm concerned,
3: not every position
0: to Kenny Pickett. I, uh, what I, I mean, I don't Corner. really see.
3: Corners rough. I, I
0: think they're fixed up with Des King a little bit now. Oh my God, who was cut from the? T- <laughs> I know. Well, I'm just saying now you can now you have at least options in the slot, and now you can put Patrick Peterson yeah, on the outside. Be wrong about that. Plus isn't. Joey Porter Jr. So I think now they have they're at least three deep with viable options on the outside. Yeah.
3: Plus Patrick Peterson, who I believe is my age, and Joey Porter Jr., who's a rookie. Now look, Dave, this might not matter because. The Cedar's pass rush. So that's well. That's the point, right? That's the point,
0: Laps. right? You can yeah. you can get away. A thing that I was actually I wasn't and Minka running. roaming around on the back end, is He's blowing up there is not great okay. So for, I uh, wasn't
3: early on this, but I do want credit anyways because I had the great Mike Renner who covers the draft on my pod ahead of the combine, and I asked him to give me ten names, and I watched the tape on all ten names, and we talked about how much we love Nick Herbig. Mm-hmm. It was his recommendation, so it's he really gets all the credit for it. But after watching him, I was like, damn, this guy can get after it. But he was such a tweener. You know, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen in the draft. Uh, Good God watching him in the preseason. He looks like the real deal. It uh, looks like,
0: I mean, again, I. Do, it's funny that we pivot from the Ravens to the Steelers because we say, like, well, Lamar Jackson should thrive in this offense. We didn't see any evidence because he didn't touch the field in August. Kenny Pickett was the story because he did. And I ignore all of it because it's all a Civil War reenactment, yeah. times. None of it matters. But that's why I'm saying I'm trying to resist here. Hey, did you watch Keanu Benton? In the meantime, Cam Hayward and Larry Ogan Joby, who's going to come back, they're loaded up up front. To, uh, I mean, hey know I
3: like herbig too like preseason I like like I mean rotation can
0: going now with High Smith and Watt I mean I I mean they're I, middle line inside linebacker maybe uh, I think when you cobble yeah. the pieces together that's one solid complete football player couple of uh, options that they at least have there they don't have the ryan shazier deep drop in inside linebacker but i mean this is pretty much as airtight a defense as you can get i feel like and on offense it's just a matter of what the ceiling is for their quarterback in a quarterback league
3: totally agree um i would also throw in one concern which is i I, the play caller (laughs) it's fair
0: absolutely fair yeah that's a fair
3: uh, awesome group of skill players uh, the offensive line looks like the, all the investments are starting to finally come together. I've been praising Pickett to no end. Um, I really like Jalen Warren, who's a guy who I just mm-hmm. picked up in just about every fantasy league. I I, I feel like there's a decent chance he overtakes Harris' RB1 at some point. But it, yeah, the, the, you, you said it. It's the ceiling with the quarterback, which I think we will see. And then whether or not you have the right offensive coordinator to take advantage of everything we just described, which it, it, also <laughs> TBD.
0: And you and, you know as you as you try to balance it out, you don't need balance when you have Mahomes. Um, yeah. When you're approaching it the way the Steelers and most of pro football is approaching things, there you do need that. And so it it does take me back to the Steelers' offense doesn't ultimately have to join that top ten group, or would be preferable that they get near it or at the at the very back end of it but if you can close the gap or if you're like a a high teens defense if you're you know in terms of points per game against you know now you're just talking about if you can make one or two splash plays that were non-existent last year that can swing an entire season for a team that won nine a year ago i can really talk myself into and in fact already have i'm declaring it now at least 11 wins. I'll make my wow. final formal announcement for 2023 later this week. I know you're sitting on the edge of your seat for that one, Mina Kimes. So we appreciate you joining us um today. We wish you we wish you well obviously in the real world. Best record and book collection for backdrops in sports media period. Who's the other? Oh, Jeff Passon has a good has a, a good, good challenger to your records back there. But the combo of novels and music, number one, uh, <laughs> just like you are in sports media. Keep it going there, Kimes. We're rooting for you. Enjoy twenty twenty-three. Best to your Hawks and uh and to your Ms and all the rest of it.
3: Thanks, Dave. Good luck.
0: And now a quick break. there she goes eddie spaghetti what uh, what stood out to you
1: well i mean you got you brought up the eagles thing and i just been i don't know if this is me being a giants fan just kind of accepting it already but after seeing the dominance of the eagles last year i've you know and there are some folks uh that are buying into the cowboys and I, I i've said on record i think the cowboys are you could solidify them as a wild card team for sure um, but I still think the Eagles are going to be down. And so I was uh, really interested to hear uh, me and his take on them. I, I'm already like, you know, I could see them winning 13, 14 plus games. Let me I,
0: say I, this. We'll do, we'll, we'll finalize it. I think let's finalize our picks. I, mean, I guess we have to on Thursday because yeah. then the season starts. So obviously that's when we'll do it. I'm pretty sure I'm taking the Cowboys. I, I'm I'm going to take the Cowboys to win the NFC East.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's it, been a popular pick. Uh, I, I have no qualms for me about that. I think their defense um, definitely is one of the better defenses in the league. If you want to argue and say they're a little reliant on turnovers, that's fine. That doesn't always necessarily translate. Um, but I just only think the reason why I'm so bullish on the Eagles, I just think Jalen hurts is only going to get better, uh, overall. Somehow. I think this backfield, this Rashad Penny, Deandre Swift backfield is going to be great. It's so like dynamic. And they just, I, I, I really do think this receiver duo could be the best in the game. And, uh, just their draft picks have just been hitting and they just have good depth at some positions. Uh, Um, The front office, you know, Howie Rosen did his job and it it stinks that we're sharing a division with them. And then plus, uh, I I don't see the the Cowboys uh, with Dak going away anytime soon either. So it's very, very tough sledding for the Giants and I guess the Commanders fans as well. But uh, yeah, I I would not be shocked at all to see the Eagles back in the Final Four or even Super Bowl again. Like I predicted last week that they will be winning Super Bowl again this year.
0: I'm sort of like the uh, I'm the Bill Barnwell, but in reverse. No. I know I am the Bill Barnwell for the Baltimore Ravens this year. Everybody, it's like I, it's I. I thought there would be more people who would see the flaws or the potential flaws. Like I keep saying, the defense. That, everybody gets that the Baltimore Ravens' success is, I mean, for the Harbaugh era, is is owed to like that they always have a defense to lean on. And I know that the year that Flacco went on his special run, people point and say. That really wasn't the greatest addition of the Ravens defense we've ever seen. It was better than what they have now because they at least they had Terrell Suggs and Nada getting that push up the middle. And it created enough of a pass rush that it would spook QBs. I just I think I think it's uh, it's a real problem in the nfl these days like it 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 starts with boy what a difference maker if you have a guy who's a nightmare coming off the edge and then we became saturated or obsessed by the idea of everybody had to get those then you had to have two and as it stands now like i I still don't see it for the Ravens. so that's my it's not that i don't think the ravens offense will stink i think it's going to take a minute and on the other side of things i think it's going to be fine but not a difference making unit for them so in a really tough division if uh, one thing that we that because we're not doctors and how would we know? And no doctor is going to say anything who's associated with the Bengals right now is going to say, no one's really telling the truth about Burroughs' calf. But conspiracy thinking, um, that obviously could swing the division if, if that, if, if he ain't right behind that offensive line and can't quick twitch his way around, um, Pass rush, that's going to be an issue, obviously, for the first two or four weeks of the season. Um, if that calf ain't right. So let's keep an eye on that just because it, the, oh, he was back on the practice field. Oh, all's fixed. Don't worry about it. I, I'm, I'm a little skeptical about that as well. Um, but I do think that's funny that, uh, everybody's in on the Steelers and everybody's in on the Ravens and very few people are picking anyone other than the Bengals to end up winning that division. Fascinating, fascinating division. And I'm sticking with my dolphins on that side, but we'll get into all of that. Let's talk about the college game real quick here, Eddie Spaghetti. Um, I, I I think it'd be hard to make a case that here, my power rankings, we started to talk about those last week. So who's the most impressive college team right now that who, who's, who's our number one, now after two weeks of football the irish are two and oh i don't give them any points for beating tennessee state but okay yeah. fine they did uh, that would have been bad if it would have been close ohio state gets dinged like if i'm making my if that's i was a a, if i was a pollster ohio state would be dropped in my poll you cannot beat indiana by 10 by by 20 points that's a not, not an acceptable victory for them you know i think florida state you might Uh, say clearly as the most sing as the single most impressive victory Mm -hmm. so i would go with them or but but the story is at this point primes guys right
1: yeah it was i never thought going into week one that we would come out of it and the top storylines are uh how insanely fun and and surprising and just great that colorado buffalo's victory was and then number two it's like Brian Kelly needs to be fired. Like it, it just shows you how great college football is. And I thought it was an insanely great, wacky weekend. Um, do, Totally with you. Ohio state, obviously named the new quarterback. They looked atrocious. I mean, Marvin Harrison jr. The best player in the country, not even involved in that game whatsoever. So good job uh, there by your, your Hoosiers. If they, I mean, I know you don't want a moral victory, but in, in my books, I mean, you guys did everything you had to do. You shut him out. That's, that's, that's really, yeah.
0: Got hard to have a moral victory when you when you don't get uh, in the end zone even once. But Uh, okay,
1: I hear, I get that. But in terms, you know, defensively, just stopping them. And again, like this Ohio State team that has to beat Michigan this year, two years in a row, and they have Notre Dame on the road in South Bend. Like, there's some tough games, and uh, and Penn State will not be easy either. So I, I just feel like. Could be, you know, a strange year for the Buckeyes. Um, yeah, nothing to report back about, you know, your Georgia and your Alabama. So I would say the most impre- impressive victories, um, you know, USC in, in week zero had a pretty poor game defensively. And let San Jose State run all over them. Obviously, they still won. Obviously, week two, you now you, you, you play Nevada. Caleb Williams goes crazy. I, I would say all of the quarterbacks. Um, that we talked about in the off all had really good games. Outside of you know Drake May threw a couple of picks, uh, they still won North Carolina. So I would say across the board, you're, you're pretty thrilled with all the quarterbacks. And then obviously the the biggest matchup between quarterbacks was the Jordan Travis, Jaden Daniels game. And like I mentioned, like uh, you know Brian Kelly now people want him gone from LSU, which I'm definitely happy about. I'm definitely thrilled with that. Uh, I think he's a coach that'll bring you uh, a new uh, kind. He'll bring you to he'll bring you success, but I think he's capped. I think he has a ceiling to what he actually could do. And he does bring a certain type of culture in, or he, uh, he wanted a, a sports, uh, you know, department that will back him with whatever his requests are and, and tons of money. Notre Dame would just never do that. But so, I mean, in terms of this trade of coaches, I'm very happy with that. So that was a very underwhelming performance by LSU. I also think that FSU is just great. I think Jordan Travis was shaky early on. They might so be right Second half was just really good. Uh, and their defense is incredible. So I think they're actually for real. And uh, going back to you said the game of the week. Let's
0: just hear. Let me just say this. Yeah. What we what we need to hope for, if you're outside of SEC country, we can now reignite the uh, rooting against SEC fire for another season. Now, okay, Florida State just whipped LSU. Yeah. LSU is not the top team in the SEC going in, and Florida State is not the top team. Or wait a second, Clemson. Yeah, no, Clemson's ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, top ten teams, they whipped them, but good if LSU beats Bama or, or, uh, you know, takes it, can we, can we end that the sec is just inherently better than every other conference? I don't, I'm not convinced that, um, you know, once again, that the three best teams in the big 10 aren't better than the three best teams in the sec. And, you know, Clemson and Florida State, if they're both good, I'm not. I, I believe me, I'm not going to float Pitt at this yeah. point. But like UNC and Pitt, and there's some other uh, halfway decent teams that t- that stay relevant probably for the for uh, you know through. Thanksgiving this
1: yeah. year. Well, what's so disappointing about that LSU loss is that they did have, you compare them to Alabama or you compare them to Georgia, they had the better quarterback of all those teams. Like Jaden Daniels is supposed to be one of the better QBs, especially in his own you know division. So when you go and lose a game to another great quarterback, another great defense, uh, an FSU, I do see a path of LSU beating Alabama. I still want to see Georgia. I still think Georgia, just because they're always loaded, um, they could still run over teams. They still have Brock Bowers, one of the best players in, in all of college football too. So I think the problem with
0: that is they're loaded. Their QB looks nice you know, same as uh, like Drew Aller, when you watch him play, Mm -hmm. you're like, man, they just reload. Like, you know, but you still, the, the thing you can't really, um, really account for is like there is I talk about the curse is supposed to when you're supposed to do it. But if you're 19 and you're supposed to just keep on the dominant lineage that like came before you, like they're a machine. That's pressure on you. Like, oh, I can't be the weak link That. That is a tough spot. Like if you're the QB of this football factory, like Georgia is at this point, I could see the kid having some trouble dealing with that in a big spot. And he's yep. obviously going to be in a tough game there. I am telling you, that was one of my favorite plays this year in college football is the season win total of the dogs, which had him at 11 and a half. Like, Wait, that you you they're gonna run the table. You're gonna bet okay. on them to run the table. This is a fun bet, if nothing else. Every week they play, it's gonna be. F- oh, do you hear? They're 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 down three in the second half. Damashek's gonna have to run to a TV to find out what's going down.
1: It, it, it could be a wacky year for the SEC. It could be a down year, like you were saying. I, you know If Ohio State was better, um, I would say this definitely is the year. You could say the Big Ten, just because of how good I think Michigan will be and how good uh, I think Penn State will be, that you could say they were definitely going to be better than the SEC. So because of Ohio State, obviously they could rebound. But I, I definitely think that they could have a down year um, in, the, in this year of so many good quarterbacks uh, across uh, the nation. And then that's the other thing, bringing it back to Colorado, in terms of good quarterback play like you know coach prime son like I mean 500 plus yards every time you think they were out of the game They just found a way to score again and bringing uh, Travis Hunter from Jackson there. And and then uh, our friend Ken Brown texted me, Dylan Edwards, who had a phenomenal game lightning quick. He was Notre Dame recruit. He was Notre Dame commit. And then Coach Prime stole him, which I'm not even mad about. Like, that's just it's great to see that, you know, sometimes these younger players don't respect, I guess, the old guard but Dion is just one guy that is just, he breaks through and everyone knows who he is and you want to play for him. And he definitely, he talks to talk, but he also walks to walk and not that, TCU is nearly as good as they were last year losing Duggan and obviously Quinn Johnson who right. was their awesome receiver, but they were still ranked 17th for whatever that matters. I know me and you are kind of against the preseason polls and I'm with you on that, but they were it was still a road game. Um, the defense has ways to go and spoiler alert like yeah, Colorado has to play Oregon and Oregon State and USC uh, and Utah with or we're assuming Cam cameras will be back. So there's, there's a, a few number of losses going to be on their schedule, but to see him compete this way in a hot environment um, in a raucous you know tcu um that was a, a heck of a win for them and i i think it it was a positive jolt um into this college football season it's an exciting thing and you know they have two the two now heisman front runners so that was just uh an awesome way well to you wonder about Saturday.
0: dylan edwards are those the two Top. i mean obviously they'll cancel each other out ultimately if they keep going like this but um and and i went on the minus three feed over the uh, uh Just as that game kicked off. And I said, like, it doesn't make a difference what Travis Hunter does today. Uh He's not going to win the Heisman, so don't waste your money on him. And then he has a, a an all time performance. Yeah. I mean, like literally, will could go down in the annals. The only thing that gets in the way of it is Shadur Sanders throwing four touchdowns and breaking the school record with five hundred yards passing. And by the way, he was throwing dimes downfield. He he's, was hitting; the, like, they were dropping. They they were skipping off the fingertips of of the receivers. It was remarkable. I can't assess against a big 12 team TCU, you know, has, uh, has some beef on its side of things and Colorado had some stretches there where they were getting the better of it in the trenches. So it's hard to assess. That's the thing the cynics are still pointing at is whether or not they, if if a team's just going to come in there and push them around Nebraska this week, the, uh, the buffs open up laying three 58 and a half, the total on that one, your other big game of the week Texas is at the tide Alabama lay in seven is that in uh, Tuscaloosa or is that in one of those special don't. Play- uh, well, I don't, like I don't be in one of those, I thought uh, it was
1: a neutral site just because of uh because they signed a deal to play them for a few seasons yeah. so I thought that it was going to be a home you know one year home one year away um I, I'm pretty sure that Alabama is going to be is, is going to be home uh oh
0: it is in Tuscaloosa okay so yeah, they are laying seven in- 56 and a half. There and then uh, the Bearcats playing the Pit Panthers, a wildlife battle. The Pit Panthers laying eight, 48 and a half since he dominated whatever cupcake they played last week. Pitt took care of business as well. Obviously, I'm excited for that one. I'm going to hold off on making my picks there for you. Although I will say I was a little surprised that Colorado was laying only three after Matt Rule. Did basically what's been going on at Nebraska losing in the final minutes there um, to continue that trend, and Colorado did what they did, so that's a little that's, that's a little bit fishy to me.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'll definitely jump. I'll jump on Colorado. I've seen enough from Colorado versus. I mean, TCU. I I would say is a better team than Nebraska. Uh, Colorado gets this game at home, and their offensive output was was disgusting. That game was the most boring game I've ever seen. Uh, letting you know, Minnesota back in that to win, you know, by a field goal like that 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 school is just like cursed what it was a. Uh, a hot spot, you know, in the eighties. And, and then now it's just, I feel like for decades, they've just been terrible. And they were talking about that on the broadcast. Like there's just no, the morale cannot be any lower for the, the corn Huskers. And then you have reversely, you have this like Colorado Buffalo's locker room that their coach is like, you know, rightfully so the most arrogant coach right now in, in college football. And they're buying into them. They have three dynamic superstars on their team. I, I don't think they're going to be able to match the offensive output of Colorado. So I would take Colorado lane, whatever they're going to have to lay.
0: Um, I, I mean, I'll be very surprised if, uh, if Colorado doesn't open that up a little bit more, it's not a, a mere field goal right now. doesn't seem sufficient. We'll keep an eye on that one. Um, uh, chiefs at home, obviously the home team almost always wins that season kickoff game and usually covers. It's been a little dicey over the last couple of years. Um, it's no secret that the chiefs. Last year didn't do a great job of covering at home. Despite all the wins, they couldn't get past the number six and a half. Sounds like no Chris Jones now. We'll give you our pick for that one on Thursday when Kevin Hench joins us. Before we get out of here, spaghetti, late breaking, I mentioned my family foot. Uh, I'm in round four. It's an untimed draft. I have Justin Herbert already as my QB. I have Gara Wilson and Chris Alave. Hmm. I feel like. It's got to be. Oh, and I have uh, B. John Robinson. I'm sorry. Is my uh feature back. He was my first round pick. What do you think? Do I go Kenneth Walker here? Do I go George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson? Or do I go Keenan Allen and pair him up with Justin Herbert?
1: Uh You could do the stack if you're not afraid of Allen's injury history. Um, They did draft Quentin Johnson for a reason. I also feel like. Kenneth Walker has his fair share of injury history and they, uh, the Seahawks are very excited about Zach Charbonnet. Um, I mean, if you want to get tight, I mean, you have a guy in Bijan who could be the best running back, especially with how much that Arthur Smith wants to run the ball. And you have with Garrett Wilson, who I think may lead the league in catches this year. So that's that's no, that's pretty good. And Herbert obviously always, uh, always or Darren Waller, Darren Waller is there. I would say in term, I mean, if especially if it's PPR, um, I like Waller a lot, and that he'll he'll get the ball forced to him quite a bit. I think he's going to lead the Giants in targets and wanting to be close. Um, I did take him. In my draft recently, I'm not a big guy in like the Homer selection and the Giants haven't been necessarily a uh, a hotbed of fantasy players outside of uh, Barkley. But uh, I, I would say Waller just from, you know, the stuff you hear in preseason training camp and the amount of targets and just what he does, to the offense. And uh, I would really, really, I would take Waller over those guys just because I think he's going to be really relied on a lot.
0: All right, listen. Good times on uh, on minus three here. Like I say, we'll be back in the middle of the week with the new look, new sound, extra points, Sarah Tiana joining us. And I think we're going to have our old pal Colleen Wolf joining us for the first episode of the new sound, extra points. Eddie Spaghetti and Jen Piacente coming at you on Wednesday or Tuesday, Spaghetti? We will be recording
1: uh, tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific. The Tuesday. Show should be Yep, the show should be up, uh, you know, an hour after we record. And we're going to get into, obviously, uh, most drafts are pretty much done, but we'll kind of answer any week one questions, uh, just general fantasy stuff heading into this uh, next fantasy season. So we're very excited to do that.
0: Well, I'm very excited about uh, what we've got going on here. Um, coming up for football season, like I say, a 15-minute pregame show for you. Who says like, I don't know why no disrespect to anybody, but around the turn of the millennium, um, The NFL decided it feels like every single pregame show it was determined had to go the exact same and have the same tone of features and operate the same way. Now they are these three or four hour long messes. Who's got the time? We're going to get all the information you need in 15 minutes or shame the devil. Kevin Hench, me, Eddie Spaghetti, be on the lookout for that. That'll post to YouTube as well as an audio podcast. And like I say, I hope we'll have all these things up on YouTube for you, including what well, you heard from Mina Kimes there. In fact, do us a favor, track that one down. Um, that's right. I'm I'm shamelessly saying click in, sat, download, subscribe, all that stuff. Um, need to hear from you at minus three pod. Weigh in, give us your questions, your thoughts, all the rest of it and uh for eddie spaghetti and mina kimes looking forward to kibitzing with you a little later in the week until then thanks so much sports fans especially you football fans we did it we made it through another summer thanks so much it's been a thin slice of heaven